This is the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network. Welcome back to White Ladies in Crisis. It's a podcast dedicated to women losing their marbles and erotic thrillers have been kicked to the curb for the next 10 <laughs> weeks because physical on Apple TV is back. So we are talking about season two, episode one. I'm Joe Lipset. I'm joined by Gina Radcliffe. Hello. As well as Jen Adams. Hello. Oh boy, and we are back in Sheila's world. It is the 80s. We are talking jazzercise and shitty men, ladies. <laughs> yes, we oh are. Ooh, and I'm so excited. I really missed the show. <laughs> <laughs> so folks, obviously, if you have not seen season one and you have not listened to our episodes, please do catch up. But uh, I don't know about you two. I found this first episode back to be a reasonably good primer. There were a couple of times where I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I can't remember where we left off that character. But overall, I was like, yep, okay. So Sheila has more or less moved on from supporting her husband. He failed his political campaign, so he was not elected. And she is fucking the mall guy, mm-hmm. John Bream. Ooh, yes, yeah, I, I guess this is supposed to be a, like a, it's not specified, but I guess it's a few months after the end of season one. Mm-hmm. If we're judging by his belly too, you know, not her belly, John Breen's is baby's belly. Right. Oh, I That's thought the you were worst talking possible about way I could have said that. <laughs> oh, no, I know. Yeah, Tyler has been eating some burritos in the off season. I still love him, though, you know. <laughs> he's still just as, cheer- he's still just as cheerful and guileless as ever. I, 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 I love know. him. Even though they're living, in a, they're living in a flop house now. Oh, boy. <laughs> Lice-filled flop house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where people yeah. just scratch their junk and then eat into the chips bag without washing their hands. I really uh. hope that that was not a communal food situation because I was definitely sharing Bunny's look of just absolute horror and disgust. Yeah, like, how long has this been happening? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to take us away from Sheila. <laughs> no, it's fine. So let's talk about Sheila's journey in this episode. Uh, lady, she finally does something that we spent the entire first season <laughs> waiting for her to do. Yes. <laughs> yes, this was one of my favorite moments of the episode. She's in the limo. They're driving home from something. Danny's whining, oh. reminding me of how frustrated i am with him and then she just mm-hmm. snaps and she's like hate you hate you and it's <laughs> hilarious and i feel like she's channeling all of us in that statement you know well it's, it's kind of sad because his reaction is he just sort of like laughs it off like yeah whatever yeah and 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 like the way i don't want to start talking about danny x or focusing on sheila but i feel like that yeah. this is that that we're still going to be spending a lot of time with Danny, mm-hmm. much to my mm-hmm. chagrin this season. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, she is hyper-focused on her career at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To, to a point where she seems not just disinterested in being a wife anymore, but also kind of disinterested in being a mother. Which mm-hmm. yeah, uh, which is an interesting take. And again, um, you know, a, a big ask from the audience to kind of stay on board 
with, you know, her achieving her goals. Like, mm. she just seems to be sort of weighing the her options of, you know, well, what do I have to do to become a star in this field? And it seems like she may have to just leave everything behind. But mm-hmm. you know what? Honestly, I don't know if that's dishonest to the character because I don't get the impression she particularly liked being a mother in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is that moment of discomfort, right? Where so they've gone to this fancy party. She's she's being shopped around by a furniture store owner named Augie, who apparently is big into distribution for VHS. And then, yeah, they're on the way home in this limo and Sheila just refuses to come inside and she goes mm-hmm. and she stays with Greta. And it's not until the next morning when she comes home and you're like, oh, right. Her daughter is still there. Like, Mm-hmm. It seems like she didn't even think about it. Yeah, like she doesn't. She doesn't hug her. I mean, it's like she does not appear to be particularly upset that she was gone for so long. Mm-hmm. You know, she, she, she knows that Danny is incompetent, but but it's still like, well, yeah, you go take care of the kid for a little while. Yeah, yeah, it's very pass passing a responsibility off kind of feeling rather than like talking about caregiving for your child, you know, although if I, I think that like part of the reason I like this character so much and this is going to sound like I don't love my kids, but I do love my kids, but mm-hmm. I feel like watching her just kind of do whatever she wants, like, allows me to channel this part of myself that wishes that I could just, like, kind of oh, for sure, walk for into sure. the ocean sometimes, you know, or, like, just leave it all behind. So I do enjoy that. I also think she's been a stay-at-home mom for right. I don't know how long, which means she's essentially around Maya for, like, 24 hours, you know, every day. So I could see, at least for a little bit, like, just kind of dissociating almost you know which kind of feels like what she's doing but yeah it and it also feels like kind of a trauma response kind of thing like feels like she's got a lot of really clear and strong emotional boundaries you know yeah like i i was gonna point out that uh uh rose burn is do one of the one of the best things about her performance in this is a is not in what she says it's in her body mm-hmm. language yes. like, yeah like mm-hmm. one one really powerful scene that really explains a lot about the character is when she is staying over at greta's greta you know kind of be yeah, well if you want if you want to talk to me about it i care about you mm-hmm. i can see you're so unhappy <laughs> she's and, I mean, too much <laughs> and, but, i mean she's too much but she's very sincere she right. de- mm-hmm. she desperate she desperately wants to be sheila's friend and she wants her approval yes. but she sits down on the bed next to sheila and she'll kind of like like immediately like pulls away from her she recoils mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And, and then at one point greta tells her that she loves her and and mm-hmm. and sheila just looks like like just baffled like why would you say that and and Mm -hmm. that is very very true to people who have dealt with sexual trauma and that that, like even people who don't pose a threat to them like like please don't touch me you know not even like you know not even to be like comforting or anything like that and and Mm -hmm. they don't feel that they deserve love and when someone just tells them i love you and doesn't seem to want anything in return for it they don't know how to react to it Right. right. Yeah, totally. And especially because she's sitting in a bed, too, which is yeah. a kind of vulnerable place, you know. And yeah. wearing Greta's clothes, right? Like, they mm-hmm. don't fit her. She doesn't feel comfortable in them. Yeah. Although I will say the fact that she went to Greta, and it feels mm-hmm. like this is not the first time this has happened. Like, it feels like she and she's kind of been talking to Greta because Greta is, like, 
pushing her to leave Danny just about as hard as she can without being really over the top, which made me really Captain, love <laughs> Captain Divorce. SS Divorce, yes. <laughs> I love that moment. But I do think that the fact that she has clearly confided at least a little bit of this to Greta is a step mm-hmm. forward for her. Because, you yeah. know, you don't lose all those boundaries overnight, you know. I think that they're as close to friends as Sheila understands the concept of right. having a friend, mm-hmm. but yes. but I think Greta would like him to be closer friends, like not not oh, not, not, a, not a romantic way, but like in a, like a in like right. a like a sisterly sort of way. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's such a nice juxtaposition in the way that she does and doesn't relate to Greta, and then you see her interactions with these random women when she's trying to pitch the video cassette in the grocery store at Augie's mm-hmm. Furniture Place. And she just cannot make any kind of connection with these women. Like, she doesn't sell a single tape to mm-hmm. a single woman, but of course she can sell to the men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was listening to her talking to the women and like kind of making her little lines or her pitches. And it's like the, the voiceover that she does during the tape. And maybe it was when Bunny was watching the tape in the store that I was really thinking about this. And I was like, it's an intrusive thought that it's just kind of coming out of her mouth. Like her self coaching Mm -hmm. is translating into actual coaching of other people. It's just, if people aren't receptive to that, she doesn't know how to handle it. She doesn't. Yeah, know how she to has interact. no other way to reach them, right? It's like, right. well, if you can't think the way I think about breaking free of wifely and motherly duties of giving yourself time, like she she can't sympathize or empathize with these women who are just like, oh, I don't think that way. Right. And then right. Sheila has nothing. <laughs> Which I love that it's not just that she is like, hey, I found this great thing. Now I'm happy and I'm going to tell you how to be happy. Like, I love how conflicted all of this is. And it's mm. all because it feels so honest, you know, like you find something that makes you feel really good, but you don't leave all of your negative coping skills behind, you know, immediately. Right. Like, I love that it's still a struggle for her, you know. Mm hmm. Yeah, and I really appreciated that moment where at the end of the episode when they keep their date with Ernie and Greta at mm-hmm. the sushi restaurant, you can hear Sheila verbalizing some of her interior thoughts for maybe the first time in the episode where mm-hmm. she makes that realization that she was trying to reach women at the places that they do their chores. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that word choice is very interesting and specific. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her understanding of the mall and the store, the grocery store was was fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, nobody nobody wants to see you know a, a very attractive thin woman you know giving them a bunch of stuff about oh you've got to make time for you and and yeah. mm-hmm. you know nobody no no working or even stay at home mother no, nobody wants to hear that nobody wants to hear yeah. the you know, you've got to make the time. Yeah. The, the one that really got me was, I already do everything else. Now I have to exercise too. I was like, right? Oh, you're uh. speaking to my soul. <laughs> yeah, that's that's you know that's that's evergreen. Like, yeah. like that that play. <laughs> even though this this show takes place in um, 1980, mm-hmm. there's still a you know a you know, a real push for women to just you know, make the time, make the time yeah. to work out. Just you know, I mean, in, it's like you, know? you know, just just you know, figure figure out you know, sketch put it into your already you know booked up schedule to go go exercise for a couple hours a week. Yeah, mm-hmm. I always think of uh, Liv Tyler's line from Empire Records, where she's <gasps> on speed, but she tells mm-hmm. Renee Zellweger there are twenty four usable hours in every day. <laughs> Joe, do you know how long I've watched that movie without really internalizing that she's on speed? 
I know, right? You're like, oh, she's got everything together. Oh, wait, she's <laughs> fucked up. I know. It's like that, that stupid meme of like, you know, oh, you and Beyonce have the same number of hours in a day. Uh-huh. Oh, fuck off. I know. Uh-huh. And, and, it's like, totally. and it's like, yeah, Beyonce does everything by herself, of course. She totally. Does. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. We also have the same income, too, right? Exactly. Obviously. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, that is one of the kind of amusing things about this episode. So as you mentioned, Gina, we jump ahead an undisclosed number of months, and it looks like Sheila is actually doing reasonably well, especially in comparison to somebody like Bunny, who is really Mm -hmm. struggling. And yet the other part of that sushi restaurant conversation is Sheila realizing... I'm having to still do all the fucking work. Like she thought Mm -hmm. that she was signing on to be supported and she's still the one who has to be out there kind of doing the sales pitch and getting the videos to fly off the shelves. And as folks who are (laughs) out there pitching and producing things, it's like, yeah, it is a lot of fucking work when you gotta do the slog by yourself. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, the, you know, the freelancer life is not fun. Especially when you have to balance it with, you know, a job that actually pays your bills. You know? Uh Yeah, but it's a constant, you know, and there are always people who will be happy to tell you, you're just not doing enough. You're not trying hard enough. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. You're not focusing enough time on, on pitching and, and, you know, creating your, your, uh, you know, your little quarter of the internet and selling yourself on social media and and networking. You've got to be constantly networking with other people. Mm -hmm. It's like, Mm -hmm. I mean, and I have a grown child and I still feel like (laughs) I don't, I don't have the time to do that. I don't, I literally do not know how people with small children do it. I really don't. Gina, are you saying that you burn the pancakes? I, I will burn the pancakes. Yes. Oh, I have burned many a pancake. It's kind of hard. You you burn at least the first one in the batch. Oh, for sure. Time, the know. first batch is useless. You always have to make more. Right. But I will say, like, this is something that I've been talking about in my own therapy because I've, like, as a person with, like, an obsessive compulsive disorder kind of similar to uh, Sheila, like, there is no end to this, like, momentum seeking and this pitching and that I got to go out and sell Mm -hmm. and the hustle. And so I can see this shifting away from eating into shifting into overworking and just because there's, there's never going to be an end to it. You can always do more. Oh yeah. yeah, A person like Sheila, she's never going to feel like she's doing enough. And she's good. Yeah. You, 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 you tend to direct one addictive behavior to another (laughs) addictive behavior. Yep. Which is literally the end of this episode, right? Yeah. Where you think, oh, she's going back to the hotel room to eat the burgers. And instead, there's John Bream. In his little Mormon missionary short sleeve shirt and tie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yes. He's oh, definitely not uh, following his religious beliefs. Belly full of flan. Yeah. Although I will say, this is a more healthy addiction, I think, than her binging routine. Oh, absolutely. Going, yeah, you yeah, know. yeah. I mean, I, I think it's probably going to cause her some problems down the road, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, get yours, Sheila. It also seems like like when we contrast the scenes where she was having sex with Danny in the earlier season and she was kind of like having to mentally talk herself through it, you know, like she climbs on top of him. Like she seems mm-hmm. very into it. She makes the choice to go when she could just not show, you know. So I think this is a kind of step forward for her also, you know. Do you think that there uh, that it may be better for her with him because at least there's no romantic feelings on her side? I think right. so, or at least she can tell herself that, and that mm-hmm. she can 
walk away. Like she can say, I never have to go back if I don't want to, you know? And I was thinking, because their first sexual experience is completely without touching each other, you know? And I wonder if it's just like, this feels like a safer exploration of this. And that was the first step. And, you know, so it's, it's fascinating seeing her kind of go through this, you know? I think she's in control too, right? Mm -hmm. Like she's still having to psych herself up to have sex with Danny in this episode, right? Like you, Mm -hmm. you think that she's just doing another mantra and it's actually to give her husband a blowjob. Oh, I forgot about that. It's still happening and she's still sort of in control of that situation. Like she could say, no, I'm withholding sex, like Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. But she's still doing the things that she needs well, performatively, right? Because she yeah. has made the tentative agreement that she's going to give Danny another chance as he goes on his faux bullshit chauvinistic <laughs> rant for this entire episode. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, let's, let's get it out. Let's get it on the table. <laughs> I hate Do him. we like Danny anymore in this no, episode? I, no, because I, I, don't know, I don't know what his end game is here. Now, now to mm-hmm. be... To be fair, he does, and, and again, this is based solely on the first episode, he mm-hmm. does seem to be backing away from Jerry, who definitely, right. oh who, definitely who definitely, is in, lo- <laughs> in love with him. Whichever one of you, Fucking like, Jerry. Yeah, whichever, uh. one of you, whichever one of you called it that that uh, that Jerry is, is in love with, with Danny, why, I have no idea. But yeah, the, <laughs> they're acting, he's acting like he's his, you know, side piece that he has to break up with because, you know, well, I need to focus mm. on my marriage or whatever. But yeah, just just the the absolute shocking. What you're not you're not going to pick me over them, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, so you know, Danny's initial reaction to Sheila telling him that she hates him, which nobody wants to hear their spouse say that. That's Oof. true. Is is you know he just kind of laughs it off, like like yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. I've heard this. I've heard this from you before. You're just being mm-hmm. dramatic or whatever. And and maybe and and you know he probably has, but you know. He, I think their marriage is so just, you know, running on fumes at this point that mm-hmm. even if either of them were miserable, and they both are miserable in this marriage. Oh, yes. Like, they just don't know what to do without the other one. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, he, he when he tells her after, you know, one night of thinking things over that now he's going to embrace feminism and and you know he'll be the you know the stay at home parent while she goes out and works. It sounds mm-hmm. good on the surface, yeah. But at the same time, I feel like the message behind it is: I know you're going to fail at this, uh-huh. and and when you do, you know I'm going to be there to to point and laugh at you and tell you that I was right the whole time. Mm-hmm. And it makes me want to cross check when Mr. Mom released, you know, compared <laughs> to this, because it feels it feels very performative. And like, you're right. Like, right. he's right. Like, all of the things he is saying, I feel like are true. And I feel like there's some kind of balance that they could find if this is honestly what he wanted. But it feels mm-hmm. like I think there's such a big air of him feeling emasculated by one, losing the election and two, seeing how successful she has been mm-hmm. like in secret. And so which I think is part of the reason for her giving him a blowjob instead of them just having sex, you know. I mean, there are many reasons to give a blowjob and to get a blowjob. But um, I feel like this is a way for him to kind of re-establish that masculinity by still, but still kind of being 
the progressive guy that he thinks he is. You know, it's like he's he's going so over the top that it's almost like being dominant in the home in another way, you know. Mm. And also, it could give him a way to say, see, you thought you were a good mom. I'm going to do this whole house thing even better, you know. Oh, that's interesting. It also makes it harder for her to leave him because right. he's, oh, yeah. Yeah. he's gonna he's gonna look automatically like the good guy. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the the guy that stepped up and, and you know, you know, let his wife, you know, go out and do her little, you know, liberated woman thing and, and mm-hmm. you know, while he stayed home and took care of the kids and then she went and left him anyway. Yeah. Well, it's weird uh, because I don't disagree with anything either of you are saying, but I read it a little differently when he said, I'm setting you free and it's your turn to be the breadwinner. It felt like it was just a new way for him to shirk his responsibilities because mm. he's like, oh, well, I can do what you do. And yeah, mm. I do think you're right, Gina. I think he's going to try to overperform so that he looks good to other people. So if she does try to leave him, it'll be embarrassing. Mm. But I, I definitely read it as, oh, well, now I don't have to work. Yay! True. And your job is so easy because all you're doing is really taking care of a house and a kid, right? So clearly yeah. I can do this and be great. Did anybody get Revolutionary Road vibes from that whole speech? <sighs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, but, but at the same time, he's telling Jerry, you know, he's giving Jerry this impassioned speech about, you know, well, this needs to be our new our new angle. Mm-hmm. And of course, Jerry isn't happy because Jerry doesn't like women. Probably because, right. you know, right. Jerry is very confused about things. So, yeah. And this is the, the problem I have with Danny, because there's a part of me that really likes him and wants him to succeed because I really think he believes what he's saying. Well, I don't think he thinks he's a bad guy. I, oh, no, exactly. absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. I think a lot of it is a product of his environment. And he's kind of stuck in the middle of this, like, old world patriarchal culture that he just has come from. So that's really all he can see in this future that he sees that's progressive. And he's trying to get there. And I think he just doesn't really know how. And I really think he means well. He just always and a lot of the problem is that they are just not well matched i think Mm -hmm. you know yeah like they probably shouldn't have been together ever right well they they were they probably were well matched they were in college but they're in their 30s now and and and, you know people change over time do we all think it's a little a little odd that even though he basically found out about her eating disorder and reacted very poorly to it that that Mm -hmm. they appear to have not talked about it since then yeah i forgot about that yeah. yeah, no, that the at the election party, that's why she left because he, that's uh, right. like he, I don't know if he, I, I forget if he caught her throwing up or something, but he started shoving mm-hmm. the food, the, the cake in her mouth or something. That's right. Oh God, oh. right? Yeah. Ooh. I I have a feeling because of the time jump, we're gonna have to play a little bit of catch up. So mm. I have a feeling that that will rear its head in the episodes to come. Yeah, yeah, I would assume because that's. I mean, I'm not surprised that they just decided not to talk about it because that's you know pretty mm-hmm. huge huge thing. And, right. and yeah. again, and again, we really did not quite have a name for what's wrong with her at this point. Right, mm-hmm. right. Uh, so it's you know you're not going to say, hey, what about that bulimia? You know, I mean, not, right. Danny's not going to Danny's not going to know what the hell bulimia is. I don't know if even Sheila knows what bulimia is. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Okay. So. We've talked about some of the the big A plot. Let's do a quick lightning round of where or how we feel about our other characters. So I feel like we touched a little bit about Greta, but how much did the two of you love the scene where she delegates or voluntolds uh, Jerry (laughs) to get on that thankless council at the daycare? 
Uh-huh. Oh, oh my god, god, I loved her. I could not love her more. And she just looks at him with such distaste. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. not every, not everybody think, not not all kids, not everything kids say is clever. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. yeah, twice a week, two times. <laughs> I love her. Her hair looks fantastic too. I just, I, mm. yeah, the yeah. hair is the clearest signifier of maybe how much time has passed, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think she's going to make his life very difficult with this whole, like, you okay. know, I, 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 I'm going to uh, eat it with a spoon, yeah. yeah I'm, a he- I'm, a he- I'm the hero stay-at-home dad, you know, I mean, let me, uh-huh. get, let me get banana bread recipes from all the pretty ladies. Oh, mm-hmm. God. That's when you're like, ugh, it's all an act, you fucking asshole. Like, right. the first hot girl you come across, you immediately start hitting on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess Simone's gone. Oh, uh, well, yeah, I think didn't yeah. didn't uh, didn't the the kid catch them? I think the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I would say that that's a bit of a that's a bit of a mood breaker. So I don't I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know if I would come back. I don't know if I would come back after that. You don't think you would come back? For no, that? absolutely not. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, what about Bunny and Tyler? Oh, poor Bunny. Uh, I know. I'm so mad at Sheila about this, but Bunny has never looked better. I was very Oh my god, her her hair. Her hair is wonderful. Here's the thing. I think that if they can actually produce a video, because what we were seeing of uh, Tyler shooting her looked good and interesting and different from what Sheila's producing, which is like glossy but sort of static camera in the studio. Like, Bunny's feels more lively and Mm. yet these two cannot catch a break. I know. I know. I feel so bad for them and really mad at Sheila. Like I was so happy when like they went to try to get the tapes back and they were all on the same team. And it was like this aerobics, like super team. And then for her to kind of stab her in the back like that, just really kind of broke my heart, you know? But do you feel like we're missing a piece of this? Because I was like, wait, why is she so mad at Sheila again? Like, what was Sheila's contribution to getting them kicked out of the mall? Well, I mean, if she's fucking John Breen and John Breen owns the mall, she could have made them leave, you know, or she could have siphoned all the, the students away. Yeah, I think they, I think they, yeah, I think they just ran out of money. Okay. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if I see her actually trying to sabotage. Bunny, yeah, I don't. I don't think know? she. I don't think she actively did anything to to mm-hmm. you know. I, I think they just you know they lost students. I mean, she was. I mean, they were always on you know on thin ice anyway. And I think that right. they, yeah. with Tyler's health issues and and mm-hmm. uh, you know the and Sheila kind of stealing away, whether intentionally or not, her students. She just couldn't afford to pay for the studio fees anymore. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea where their storyline is going. I feel like of all of the characters, they're the ones where I'm just like, what's going to happen with you two? I'm very concerned. And I'm concerned they're going to eventually get lifted out of the show, too, if their plot lines keep going in different directions. You know, I was surprised to see them in this episode, given the first trailer we saw. Uh, I, you know, I, I had to admit, I was a little, when, when Bunny found, uh, Sheila's display at the, uh, mm-hmm. at the department store, I was pretty sure she was just going to destroy the whole thing. Yeah, me too. I thought so too. For, for, yeah. for whatever, for whatever reason, Sheila wasn't there. Uh, mm-hmm. but she, and she just steals one of the tapes, which is good for her. You know? Yeah, <laughs> sure. Uh-huh. You know, she's, she's entitled. She should not have to pay for, you know, a single thing Sheila puts out ever again. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I'm curious if she's just going to try to, you know, mimic her style or i right. i'm not or I'm deliberately not sure. sabotage right yeah 
Yeah, mm-hmm. that's possible too. Yeah, but yeah, she's still got a lot of anger. Tyler, of course, is Tyler. He just lets things just roll mm-hmm. off his back. His little pudgy, his little pudgy back now. Aww. Yeah, I did make a joke that he had gained weight, if only because <laughs> you know Lou Taylor Pucci is such a cutie patootie in the first uh-huh. season, and now you're like, oh, his his injury has clearly affected him, and that's mm-hmm. one of the ways that they're showing us like time has passed and so on. But uh, these two are just still, yeah, they're cute. I mean, you could tell he's just wearing like you know a bunch of like stuff, things like stuffed under his shirt because he's still oh, sure. yeah. like right. like he's still got like the same size head and all, but like you know he looks like a little mm. kid like like you know dressed for, dressed up for Halloween, but uh... mm-hmm. right, he's <laughs> like a pillow stuffed under his shirt. exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay so final uh final character is john bream who gets two scenes to himself well sort of without sheila and other characters but uh we see that he is participating in the 80s craze of stalking a war bunker <laughs> my neighbor has been doing that too <laughs> I, that, i'm sorry that is the creepiest marriage i've ever seen oh god I know. he's he's creepy she's miserable. creepy she's just so cheerful right like she's the antithesis of sheila where she is docile but also then prone to exploding on the wrong people like that dinner Uh scene is so uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and you can tell it's just because she's she's threatened that john has a better relationship with her sister than he does with her and you're like Mm -hmm. because you're boring right And, and, and because you know with them speaking spanish they you know it's leaving her out and, mm-hmm. and John constantly shuts her out of things, whether mm. whether it's just because he's you know the strong silent type, and I mean he does have a secret now, mm-hmm. yeah. And you know, and I'm sure that while she doesn't, she might not know exactly what's going on. She knows that something's going on. Yeah, because, she knows something's off, right? Because it is impossible to hide something like that from from your spouse. I mean, again, they right. they they may not know exactly what, they may not know exactly who. Mm-hmm. But if you are doing something your partner doesn't want you to know about, they're gonna they know. They know something's yeah, right. going on. Yeah. I also think she's very pregnant or she's at least in her second trimester, and I don't really think she wanted to get pregnant. Like oh, it no. almost felt like no. spite. So I imagine her being like resentful because she's so uncomfortable all the time. She knows what's coming because she's got two kids before. Not that kids aren't great, mm-hmm. but you know, <laughs> Just throwing that out there so nobody accuses me of, you know, anyways. But yeah, I can imagine her just being pissed and like whatever John is doing is more fun than what I'm doing at home. Yeah. Right. And, and you know, and, and, and her, their, their, their other two kids are teenagers. So uh-huh. she, she probably thought she was done with all this. And, and, oh, and, now, and, and now she's getting a reset button. Yep. Yeah. And, and, you know, if John is out in the middle of the night doing God knows what, you know, mm-hmm. she's going to be there by herself. Well, and let's not forget that she caught him having a bit of a breakdown when he maybe tried to die by suicide in the oh, pool that's last right. season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, I think I would take um, Danny and Sheila's marriage over their marriage. <laughs> At least you're going to, like, have your blow-ups with Danny and exactly. Sheila, right? I think Exactly. I think that Danny and Sheila at least loved each other at one time. Yeah, I, I I don't know that John and his wife ever loved each other. Oh yeah, it's, be, it's very much like we get married because that's what we do, and this is a person that I can marry. Right, you know right. that that feels pretty close to an arranged marriage. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, so we're moving into episode two next week, and this is the point where we usually talk about what we think is going to happen. I'm going to start just because I want to give a shout out to Murray Bartlett, who appears very briefly as Vinnie Green. He is the guy doing the infomercial that Greta is watching. And of course, he was recently on The White Lotus. He was on Looking. So he's going to be this season's uh, big guest star. And I've seen promotional photos, so I know that he and Sheila will do some kind of collaboration or she will admire him. So very excited to see more of Murray Bartlett. Me too. I love him. Like, he's a perfect fit for this show. Totally. He looks like, like, I've seen the one picture where he's, like, snapping at her in the studio. Mm-hmm. It was like, he just looks like he was made to wear that outfit and do that right? snap. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. <laughs> I wonder what's going to happen with Bunny and the tape. I, I don't know where this is going to go, but it's going somewhere, <laughs> and I'm curious about I mean, it. I would, lo- I would love for them to have some sort of confrontation and then agree right. to work together again. Uh-huh. Because it's Bunny, kind of- <laughs> Bunny is very talented. And I think that, mm-hmm. I think that Bunny, I think that Sheila will at least see that Bunny can appeal to a different type of clientele. Mm-hmm. You know, sort yeah. of, you know, the young and trend, not that Sheila's old, but she's older than Bunny. Right. Well, and Bunny might be able to sell too. Yeah. You know? Bunny, you know, Bunny kind of has a sort of, you know, very, you know, young and tr- even though she's dead ass broke, she still looks pretty <laughs> trendy and fashionable, mm-hmm. and and you know she mm-hmm. sort of has a you know a younger person sort of almost punky energy, mm-hmm. and and I think that you know Sheila has kind of more elegance to her, mm-hmm. and right. so they're they're going to be appealing to two very different kinds of women, yeah, and, and I yeah. think that they would that Sheila hopefully would see that it would behoove her to take bunny on as a partner again rather than a nemesis yeah it's like johnny and uh johnny lawrence and ralph macchio like (laughs) how many seasons is it going to take for them to team up you know i will say if we get more confrontation at least it will mean more screen time for bunny because that was the thing that we really were frustrated with in the back half of season one it felt like Mm -hmm. the show either forgot about this character or didn't know quite how to use her so well Mm -hmm. I care a little less whether these two women actually make up and work together because I do think that that would be the long game. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to wait to see how physical season two performs if it even goes further than this. <laughs> but I would at least like to see Bunny get a win. And if that means she grows a business alongside Sheila and we get more like tit for tat, I'm all here for it. Same. One of my predictions, not for next episode, of course, but over the mm-hmm. course of the season is I think that uh john bream is probably going to to i think he's going to start talking about leaving his wife for sheila and 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 i think that sheila is probably going to freak out about this and 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 back off immediately because i i think she does has no interest and i can't blame her she shouldn't um, Mm -hmm. of getting out of one bad relationship and going directly into another one right now yeah yeah She's in it for the sex, and he's going to mistake that for something else. I 100% mm-hmm. agree with you, Gina. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, yeah, we've got some long-term predictions. We've got some short-term predictions. <laughs> that seems like a good place to leave episode one. We will be back next week to talk about episode two of season two. But if people want to speculate about this first episode, Jen, how would they get a hold of you? 
Uh, you can find me at Jim Ferratu on Twitter and Instagram, also co-hosting Psychoanalysis Podcast about horror movies and mental health and the Losers Club Podcast about Stephen King. Nice. And Gina? I am the co-host of the Kill by Kill podcast, where we talk about horror movies according to the characters. As of when this goes live, we'll have done an episode on Aliens. And uh, at some point, we're going to get back to the Final Destination movies. We keep putting them <gasps> off and putting them off and putting them off. We did the, we did the first we did the first one, um, and then we just kind of that was like three months ago. <laughs> we haven't gotten oh back to the rest of them yet, but we uh-huh. but we will. But we will. You know, you can't cheat death, Gina. And I know it's coming. It's coming. Uh, and I also write about movies and television uh, at thespool.net, and I will be covering uh, physical season two for that at least first few episodes. There we go. So if you want to see Gina's writing on the show, as opposed to just listening to her, be sure to check that out. And if folks want a little bit more of me, you can get new episodes of Horror Queers every Wednesday, and I can be reached at B Storm My Remote, and that's the letter B. So once again, thank you to the Anatomy of a Scream pod squad for hosting the show. As I indicated, we will be back next week for episode two. But until then, ladies... What is the color of that dress? <laughs> Rubber <Yellow>. ducky. <laughs> Rubber, oh my god, I forgot about that. <laughs> Every man on the show, except Tyler. And, and, and Ernie's okay for now. Are just yeah. at- atrocious. I know. God, what was the 80s like? I thought it was a child then, you know? Right. <laughs> Anatomy of a Scream, Pod Squad.